0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of killer conversations with me your main host bethany watts just before i introduce this episode's guest host i do want to mention that these podcasts do involve talks of violence and murder so we do suggest to be 18 or over Um, if you are under that age please do get your guardian or parents permission Um, It also goes without saying that we obviously do not condone anything in these stories or violence of any kind. As you may already know, um, I'm a PhD criminology student with both a knowledge and interest for all things serial killers, so I really do hope you enjoy our take on these stories. So joining us today on this episode is Jack. Did you want to give a brief introduction?
1: Yeah. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Beth's other half. I'm the one who she's subjecting to the serial killers this week. No idea who we're doing, so I'm here to give some honest colour commentary, hopefully provide some laughs to an otherwise chilling and dark (laughs) and stormy podcast.
0: Well, that's the one can hope, yeah. Described as a sexually sadistic psychopath, Ian Brady and his accomplice Myra Hindley carried out the notorious Moores murders that horrified a nation. The couple were responsible for the sexual torture and deaths of five children aged between 10 and 17 during the early to mid-1960s in and around Greater Manchester. Despite their trial for five murders in 1966, the real extent of Brady and Hindley's uh, crime did not come to light until 1985 and both maintained their innocence until this time. Are you familiar with the Moores murders at all?
1: I'm familiar with the name Hindley. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with them. Um, wasn't aware it was only five. I did think it was more. I think
0: it is, but that's all that they kind of
1: yeah, I, confessed to. I definitely thought it was more. Uh I I think I'm more familiar with if we had a like a picture of the two of them, I think it's I'm definitely familiar with the picture screenshots. Yeah, do I
0: I you want to show
1: your photo? Yeah, if you've got one. Yeah. For for all of the podcast listeners here now, we're currently getting the big book of serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: yeah, when eventually we move on to YouTube, you'll be able to see the um, pictures alongside Yeah, us. that's so the photo. Yeah. That's Myra Hindley. If
1: everyone Google a picture of Myra Hindley and yes. look at the lovely woman who's staring back at you. And yeah. you'll know why she's in this podcast.
0: People have said that is the face of evil. That is literally yeah. the face of evil, yeah. And then here is Ian Brady. Oh, and that's the other face of evil. Yeah. Would you look at that? That's Ian Brady on the left and Myra Hindley on the right. Two very evil people, and that's what we're going to go into today anyway. Cat, cat wait. I know. <laughs> um, okay, so I'll start with um, how they met, and then go on to, you know, how they started to begin the murders the, and the murders.
1: The romance that led to the serial killings. Yes,
0: yeah, basically. Okay. Do you want to open your Coke? Do you want to do that? Uh,
1: we need refreshments. <laughs> it's going to be a long one.
0: It is going to be a long one. Okay, so... Um, in january 1961 the 18 year old hindley joined millwoods as a typist she soon became infatuated with brady despite learning that he had a criminal record love those bad boys yeah she is a bad boy chaser uh she began a diary and although she had dates with other men some of the entries detail her fascination with brady to whom she eventually spoke for uh the first time on the 27th of july 1961 Do you even
1: know the first date they spoke
0: well, that's what it's got here, yeah. That's, that's... It's a bit creepy. That's, a bit, that's slightly
1: creepy. Dear, <laughs> that's a dear, bit... dear diary, I saw him again.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's basically what he's citing, isn't it? Um, over the next few months, she continued to make entries, but grew increasingly delusioned with him until the 22nd of, se- of December of the same year when Brady asked her on a date to the cinema... There was a bit of information here that like had people contesting which which movie they went to, but I didn't really think that was relevant. It's not really relevant, isn't it, in right. the grand scheme of things? I mean, I it was mean, like some... killed,
1: killed five people, but did they enjoy the film? Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. It was like some of them were saying, "Oh, they went for this specific film," but uh, Myra was like, "No, we went for this one." I was like, "Okay, irrelevant." But yeah, so we shall continue. Um, their dates followed a regular pattern: a trip to the cinema, usually to watch an X-rated film. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> then back to Hindley's house to drink German wine. Why German? Don't know. But it had that stated, so I thought, why German. not? That's why. It doesn't even come into relevance later on. Just, a, just oh, well, slightly to be fair. Just
1: a nice little tidbit, really, about yeah maybe hinting up. Future stuff later on. I hope. I hope it's not going down the route. I think my brain's taking <laughs> it down. But, uh, the next
0: line will explain the German wine, but apart from that, I don't think it comes up again. Okay. So Brady then gave her reading material, and the pair spent their work lunch breaks reading aloud to one another from accounts of Nazi atrocities. And
1: there it is. There <laughs> There's it the is, German link. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Hindley began to emulate an ideal of Aryan perfection. Just going to stop
1: you there. Mm-hmm. Already dislike this guy and they've not even killed anyone yet. I know. I'm already disliking this person.
0: Yeah. but Well, both of them, yeah. They're a bit, you I can mean, already tell. The
1: woman's not done anything wrong yet. She's just a bit disillusioned. Yeah. But this man, already don't like him. If, if I saw him walking towards me in the street, cross the street.
0: Yeah, 100%. Completely agree with you. Um... Uh, Hindley began to emulate an ideal of Aryan perfection. Is it Aryan or Aryan? Aryan. Aryan perfection. Oh,
1: for those listening to the podcast, I am the master's in history. Yeah, so I'm, so I'm the history buff in the room.
0: I do have to kind of double check.
1: She she covers serial killers. I cover the Aryan side of serial killers.
0: Yeah. Um She bleached her hair blonde and applied thick crimson lipstick. So that was obviously. Oh, just this fun. is the woman.
1: The woman so the blonde hair is not her natural color
0: no 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 this is the same this picture obviously if everyone wants to reference their picture again um that's not her natural hair color and she only did it because she wanted to be Aryan perfection but changed changed
1: my mind dislike both of them equally though. yes
0: yeah definitely she expressed concern at some aspects of brady's character in a letter to a childhood friend she mentioned an incident where she had been drugged by brady but also wrote of her obsession with him a few months later, she asked the friend to destroy the letter.
1: Just rewind that a little bit. So, the only time she expressed some concern with the entire thing, mm-hmm. sort of Aryan race, emulating it, was when he drugged her.
0: Yeah, not the murders that come later down on the line. Mm,
1: no. I mean, Nazi atrocities. I mean, it's if you're studying, it's an interesting read.
0: Not one that you'd based your life on. No,
1: no, not really. And then and then to go as to say, that, oh, you know that letter I said where he drugged me? Could you just... Just get rid of that, shall yeah, we? Yeah,
0: literally. Um, Hindley began to change her appearance further, wearing clothing considered risky, uh, such as high boots, short skirts and leather jackets. Oh, and wait. the two became less sociable to their colleagues.
1: Oh, here we go. Introvert nature's kicking in.
0: Um, the couple were regulars at the library, borrowing books on philosophy as well as crime and torture. Bit of a red flag. But then I suppose I go to the library and get books on crime and torture.
1: Yeah, but then you can use the excuse of I'm a PhD student. What's his excuse? Oh, I'm just practicing for future events.
0: That is true. There are a load of serial killers that did do a PhD in criminology, though, so watch out, Jack. Let's carry on. <laughs> Although Hindley was not a qualified driver, she often hired a van in which the couple planned bank robberies.
1: So, already got two things there bank robberies. Did they actually do any?
0: That'll come on later on, but I mean, as a spoiler alert, no.
1: Oh. Oh, it could have been, I thought there could have been like the 1960s version of Bonnie and Clyde.
0: I know. I think Just they, a bit more German. They should, Yeah, they should have gone down that route more than the bloody murders. And
1: also, she she's not qualified.
0: Not a driving. They did state that she failed three times and then finally passed. So by not qualified, I don't know if this was the time that she failed her tests or if this was after she'd passed but she was a shit driver. Don't know. Can't oh, really specify on that. Let's continue. Um, Hindley befriended George Clitheroe. The president of the Cheadle Rifle Club, and on several occasions visited two local shooting ranges. Clitheroe, although puzzled by her interest, arranged for her to buy a rifle from a gun merchant in Manchester. She also asked to join a pistol club, but she was a poor shot and allegedly often bad tempered, so Clitheroe told her that she was unsuitable.
1: Clitheroe, clearly with a great judge of character, yeah. straight off the bat. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. Brady and Hindley's plans for robbery came to nothing, but they became interested in photography. So.
1: Oh, so literally because she was a shit shot. Yeah, yeah. Straight away was like, yeah, nah, like nah, no, robbery's not for us. However, I have got this camera.
0: Yeah, yeah, let's see where this takes us, which does become relevant later. Uh, Brady already owned a camera at that time, which was a box brownie. So if anyone knows what they look like, they're literally like one of the oldest forms of a camera. Oh, well, it looks like a big brown box, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah, box, box brownie. brownie yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Um, So Brady already owned a box brownie, which he used to take photographs of Hindley and her dog, Puppet, but he upgraded to a more sophisticated model and also purchased purchased lights and darkroom equipment. Interesting. The pair took photographs of each other that, for the time, would have been considered explicit. For Hindley, this demonstrated a marked change from her earlier, more shy and prudish nature. Okay,
1: question. Mm -hmm. What was considered explicit for 1960?
0: I don't know. Does that mean a bit of the like shoulder on show, or does I mean, that mean like laying down on your back with your legs open? I
1: mean, <laughs> that was. I mean, they're, they're two different polar end opposites I of know. the spectrum. I uh, don't actually
0: know. What would you think?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, you'd you'd have to sort of think about when I mean, if they classed risque as sort of high heeled boots and a bit of a bit of an open cut uh, clothing design, then maybe it was just a bit now a bit more skin on show. Don't know, yeah. if, don't know if she was quite going the full triple X but
0: <laughs> she could just be sitting on the sofa with knee highs and I mean, everyone's like
1: ooh cheeky bit of leather bit exactly. of leather sticking to the German theme
0: just sounds like a Saturday night outfit nowadays I mean yeah yeah um, okay so the beginning this is where their behaviour kind of took a bit of a turn just a tad yeah Hindley claimed that Brady began to talk about committing the perfect murder in July 1963 And so we begin And often spoke to her about Maya Levin's Compulsion, a published novel in 1956 and adapted for the cinema in 1959 The story tells a fictionalised account of the Leopold and Leo case Two young men from well-to-do families who attempt to commit the perfect murder of a 12-year-old boy And escape the death penalty because of their age that's how they kind of so the, so, the, so the
1: idea's already been put in their head of committing the perfect murder. Yeah. How old are they at this point? About 25. So he was about 25 he would have. So he would have so still got death penalty because he's gone over the age of 18.
0: Yeah, I assume that's how it. Yeah, is, well, like. that would
1: be my assumption, yeah. But um, um, obviously in Britain, I'm not too sure if the death penalty was still around in the 1960s. I don't know. Let me check Myra
0: Hindley's age as well. Oh, date of birth, really. let have a look. Um.
1: Also, she's five so years poor. younger than So he was, she was 21. She was 21. Yeah. Oh, God, Myra. Older man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's very young, to be fair. Like, hmm. very, very in, young. was around my age when he started doing these murders. It's
1: a bit worrying for me,
0: but carry on. No, no, I think you're fine. <laughs> where am I? Okay, so the, we're going to go on to the first murder.
1: Oh, here we go.
0: Yeah, this is where it uh, really starts. So, obviously, in July. Yeah, July nineteen sixty three they start talking about committing the perfect murder and twelfth of july nineteen sixty three Only took twelve days. Yeah, they actually go towards doing it. So this starts as on twelfth of July nineteen sixty three Brady told Hindley that he wanted to commit the perfect murder, as we already know. After work, he instructed her to drive a borrowed van around while he followed on his motorcycle. When he spotted a likely victim, he would flash his headlight. I'll tell you what, it's most a bit creepy.
1: creepy. It's already got creepy vibes to it. Very Is calculated. It, you drive this van, I will go behind you in a motorcycle. Mm. And when I flash my headlights, we've got one. Yeah,
0: exactly. Oh. Driving down Gorton Lane, Brady saw a young girl and signalled Hindley, who did not stop because she recognised the girl as an eight-year-old neighbour of her mother.
1: Oh, whoa, yeah. so... Hang on, the girl that they that, that um, Brady. Brady originally went, yeah, this bingo, perfect mm-hmm. murder, was eight years old.
0: Yeah, but they didn't go for it because oh, it they, well, neighbour. they've got limits, don't they? I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, you say that. So we'll what just stopped him? Was on. it the
1: age or the neighbour? Uh,
0: let me go on to finish the paragraph and then you'll see. Okay. So hold on. Sometime after 7.30pm on, Fro- on Froxmoor Street... Brady signalled Hindley to stop for a 16 year old Pauline Reed, a schoolmate of Myra's sister Maureen, on her way to a dance. Hindley offered Reed a lift. At various times, Hindley gave conflicting statements about the extent to which she, versus Brady, was responsible for Reed being selected as their first victim. But she said she felt that there would be less attention given to the disappearance of a teenager than of a missing Ah, 8 year old
1: So less likely to want to find a young adult as opposed to a child.
0: Exactly, yeah. And also that uh, the eight-year-old was a neighbour. So if you were their neighbour, you're safe.
1: (laughs) I mean, uh, either that or your public enemy number one. Like, suspect straight away.
0: That's true. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. They normally do say that nine times out of ten the murderer knows the victim.
0: Oh, yeah, same with rapists and stuff and violence. She's usually the partner.
1: uh, Yes.
0: For anyone who can't see us, we're looking at each other very concerned. Let's let's just continue, please. Yeah. Once Reed was in the van, Hindley asked her to help in searching Saddleworth Moor for an expensive lost glove. Reed agreed, and they drove there. When Brady arrived on his motorcycle, Hindley told Reed he would be helping her in the search. Uh, Hindley later claimed that she waited in the van while Brady took Reed onto the moor. Brady returned alone after about 30 minutes and took Hindley to the spot where Reed lay dying. Reed's clothes were in disarray and she had been nearly decapitated by two cuts to her throat, including a four-inch incision across her voice box, inflicted with considerable force, and into which the collar of her coat and throat chain had been pushed. When Hindley asked Brady whether he had raped Reed, Brady replied, "Of course I did. Of course he did. I mean, yeah,
1: just he's only slit her flirt twice. when you mean I'm not going to finish the job?
0: Literally, that's his thinking. Oh, this yeah. this guy's a charmer, isn't he? Hindley stayed with Reed while Brady retrieved a spade. Oh, what a saint! Oh, he had hidden nearby on a previous visit. Then oh, he's he... already been out here. Yeah, yeah, he's visited. Apparently. Oh, it is the perfect murder. He's already yeah. pre-planned this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he then returned to the van while Brady buried Reed in brady's account hindley was not only present for the attack but participated in the sexual assault oh so, so Brady.
1: so brady says that um that hindley actually joined in during the mm-hmm. ad, whereas i'm assuming hindley says that she remained at the van
0: yeah um a lot of her accounts uh, a couple of them she did say that she was involved in the murder um but this one in particular she said no no he disappeared he did his stuff he showed me we got in the van and went home whereas he's saying no she Not, helped me murder her helped yeah. me sexual assault her and was part of it so it's conflicting then um, the stories you know later on when they get there are in their trial and stuff oh because
1: this is stories from the trial isn't it later on
0: yeah so like obviously later on um, they're just conflicting they're fighting against each other obviously I suppose, as you kind of would do to try and get a lower sentence, but at the end of the day, they've murdered and sexually yeah, you, assaulted people. They're going to go to prison.
1: Yeah, but Myra Hindley's meant to be infatuated with this guy, so why is she already trying to get away from? I mean, I know we're only one murder in, so mm. I'm assuming it's going to be a plethora of murders. Mm. I think you said mentioned earlier, five. But why is it the fifth one where Myra's like, you know what, I may have chosen a bad egg here. I may have um, may need to just yeah. wiggle my way out of this one. No, I wasn't involved in that murder. I was, I was back at the van keeping the keys warm.
0: It, yeah, it always kind of it makes you think, like, whose account is correct. But at the end of the day, even if she wasn't involved, she was an accomplice. She's
1: still a bit of a bitch, really, isn't she? Yeah, 100%,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so um, that was Pauline Reed.
1: So that was murder number one.
0: Yes, these are the ones that I could find that had actual uh, evidence what, accounts and, and details. confessions and stuff, yeah. Right. I, I did find that the there is probably a lot more, but these are the five that we've got well, it's his, the Well, uh, yeah, it's the Mars
1: murders. I mean, you mentioned earlier that they, no one truly knew the full accounts about no. 20 years later. So yeah. I'm assuming when we get through the five known, there's going to be a, oh boy, it's a lot more than we think.
0: Well, we'll see, yeah. Okay, so the second murder. In the early evening of 23rd of November 1963, so this is, what is that, six months on? Yeah, so five months. did on. the
1: killing in July. Took summer off, you know, August, off, yeah. September recuperate, October getting a bit itchy, bad bonfire night. He's saying, you know what, we should go for this. Yeah. Get, getting close to Black Friday, he's feeling, you yeah, know what, feeling... time to do some discount killing.
0: Yeah, exactly. So in the early evening of 23rd November 1963, at a market in Ashton-Underline, Brady and Hindley offered 12-year-old John Kilbride <sighs> a lift home. He's 12. They offered him a lift home saying his parents might worry that he was out so late. They also promised him a bottle of sherry.
1: Hang on, he's 12.
0: Yeah, I know, I don't know. I what, what,
1: why, is this, why is the sherry the tipping point? Like, oh, your parents could worry. Mm, 1960. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: It was a different time, I suppose. I don't know, they did drink <laughs> quite younger. I mean... Or did they, to be fair, I don't know. Looking I've, got a feeling
1: the, I've got a feeling John's not going to get this bottle of sherry.
0: Once Kilbride was inside Hindley's hired Ford Angular car... Oh, classic. Uh, Brady said that they would have to make a detour to their home for the sherry. En route, he suggested another detour, this time to search for a glove Hindley had lost on the moor. I'm
1: seeing a theme developing.
0: Yeah. When they reached the moor, Brady took Kilbride with him while Hindley waited in the car. Brady sexually assaulted Kilbride and tried to slit his throat with a six-inch serrated blade before strangling him with a shoelace or string.
1: So, just again, just to recap, involved, we're, yeah, we're saying Hindley again, keeping the keys warm. Mm-hmm. But this time... It's 12. 12? Yes, 12, 12 years old, yeah. And he took him back to the malls, still trying to find that glove. Yeah. Um But he couldn't cut his throat, so the 12-year-old put up a bit of a fight. Or... I would
0: assume so, or the the blade might have been too blunt.
1: Because it was but serrated. Yeah. So he thought, you know what, let me just tie my shoelace.
0: It's serrated like a bread knife.
1: Yeah, so serrated is like the knife is not a clean cut, Ugh. it's like multiple different things. So, so he's so it's trying like... to... Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's what made me think like why he couldn't do it. So he just thought, let me just pop my shoe off, take mm. this shoelace off. Strangle it. Job done. Oh still, God. still sexually assaulted him.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Why would you you picked a good one here, haven't you?
0: I know. That's why I had to do the disclaimer at the start. Like, <sighs> obviously, there are themes of sexual assault. When you asked me zodiac. to do
1: this, I was thinking maybe. Well, I knew the zodiac had gone. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, okay, that's a classic one gone. What my Cheeky Ted Bundy or <laughs> BTK. No, no, we've gone straight for some sexual assault on kids.
0: The majority are sexual assault
1: though. This is, um, is going to be keep going
0: yeah well i thought a couple would be quite funny because we're well not funny but quite Yeah, it's interesting hilarious isn't funny. it yeah um a couple could be quite interesting because we're a couple so uh, the third murder is of keith bennett now there was a lot of uh press around keith bennett i remember when i brought up to my mum about ian brady and myra hindley about doing it as a podcast uh, topic she said she remembers his name uh, when it related my, to this story my keith i don't know it's the only one she could well um it's the one that she could recall it must have just had a lot more uh publicity
1: do you think maybe well number three in the same area potentially so, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah 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 i mean your class is a serial murderer when or a serial killer three or more victims so that's i when suppose the, this uh, kind of
1: that's when the zodiac sends you your official certificate in the post isn't it like yeah. well done you've got past three
0: yeah exactly uh, early in the evening of the 16th of June 1964, Hindley asked 12-year-old Keith Bennett. He's 12 was, again. Yeah. Who was on his way to his grandmother's house in Longsight, Manchester, for helping in loading some boxes into her mini pickup. After which she said she would drive him home. Brady was in the back of the van, <laughs> just like hiding out, ready.
1: Just chilling, just like to get me pack some boxes into yeah. this van, and it opens the door, and Brad's just like, "Hello, here's Let's a shoeless." <laughs> Can you um, help me find my glove?
0: Yeah. She drove to a lay by on Saddleworth Moor and Brady went off with Bennett, supposedly looking for a lost
1: glove. Mary, the glove's back. You yeah. still haven't found
0: this bloody glove. After about thirty minutes. You just minutes, buy another
1: glove. You at this yeah, point no, you just buy another glove.
0: Honey, I don't think that uh, they actually lost the glove. <laughs> no, but
1: you would though, wouldn't you? Like you mean like, oh, the gloves still out in the moors. Uh, Myra, can we look for it? Like just buy another one, Brady. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> come on, there must be markets. It's Manchester. This I mean. is
0: why it's obvious that she's involved in the, you know, meditating I mean, yeah. it all I mean,
1: and stuff. it's like, oh, should we use the glove excuse again? No, it's worked the last two times. Yeah, <laughs>
0: literally. Well, it's not like they talk to each other and warn each other. That there's a couple looking for a lost glove, so.
1: <sighs> Go on, then carry on.
0: Um, after about thirty minutes, Brady returned alone carrying a spade that he had hidden there earlier. Now, this
1: bloody spade... It's like, oh, you got to admit, they're consistent. It's the yeah, lost yeah. glove, it's 30 minutes, it's a spade. And mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're about to say the words sexual assault, strangulation.
0: In response to Hindley's questions, Brady said that he had sexually assaulted Bennett and strangled him with a piece I tell you of you what, string.
1: If nothing else, this guy is a student of consistency. Mm. He is, I have found a method, it is working. Is again? Are we saying that he's not? In, did she say she's not involved in this, Myra? She he came
0: back thirty minutes later. Again, so again, she just keeping
1: involved. the car warm. It was what was it? What was it? June? Air cons on because yeah, yeah. it's obviously could be. A, could be I rough.
0: don't know. It's up north. You're from the north. I mean, it's yeah, I'm, I'm from
1: Leeds. Yeah, we do diff. We have different weather up there. Yeah. But But um, no, she could be whacking the old air con on. Could be a hot summer's day. She just want to keep the car warm for he comes back. So make sure, make sure my uh, he's got all nice and toasty.
0: <laughs> I, I do. I. Do you think obviously we'll get into later when they talk about more stuff, but I do think she was more hands on than this, just chilling in the car.
1: It's a bit, of, it's a lot of detail for uh-huh. someone who was yeah. just like, well, he did something for thirty minutes and came back, he's not I bloody. Know. I.
0: Uh, she was so infatuated by him, you think she'd do anything, and he would need an extra hand. I, I'm curious I when, when that her.
1: infatuation ends because you I mean you've already said that she has different stories to him, mm-hmm. so at some point there has to be a break where There's she goes. This is a bit more later. This on. is a bit far. Or she just like something. Snaps in her head, which is like, I need, I can't do this, or I need to get away from him. So, I'm wondering when that kicks in.
0: Okay, well, we'll see. What Twelve,
1: are... 12's the youngest, though, isn't it? Uh,
0: we will carry on, and that question will be answered.
1: 12's not the youngest, is it?
0: We will carry on, and that question will go on, be on then. Answered. Go on then. It is quite obviously a horrific story because it is children between a certain age and 17. So, oh, 17's the oldest. Yeah, there's no one over 18. Well, from what they've Uh, admitted to or bodies have been found of. Okay. So that's um, yeah, unless I'm incorrect and it does say, but I'm sure it was 17.
1: Okay, go on then.
0: So the fourth murder was Leslie Ann Downey. Okay. Leslie Ann Downey was just 10 years old. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. When she was lured away from a fairground in December 1964. Oh,
1: she was Christmas. Fuck.
0: Yeah, Brady and Hindley. So the same year they started in, um,
1: it was 63, wasn't it?
0: 63 they started. They started so July did, 63.
1: It's two murders a year. That's the theme so far. we had yeah. two in 63, we've got the second one in 64.
0: And they're just getting younger.
1: <sighs> yeah.
0: It's disgusting. It's
1: like six month gap, isn't it, between most of them?
0: Yeah, they have a cool down period and then they carry on. Go on then. Um, so, Leslie Ann Downey was just 10 years old when she was lured away from a fairground in December 1964 by Brady and Hindley. The couple asked the young girl to help with carrying their shopping to the car. She's 10!
1: Yeah, What's she going to help carry a box of cereal.
0: <laughs> After dropping it deliberately in front of their car and then later into their house in Wardlebrook Avenue in Hattersley is where they led Leslie-Ann Downey. Once inside number 16, Leslie-Ann was undressed and gagged before being made to pose for pornographic photographs. She was eventually raped and killed and her body buried in a shallow grave on the moor. So, this, obviously, horrific, horrific in, like situation. But this one... She wasn't looking for a lost glove. And I'm thinking that's because she was so young. Ten years of age. So she was taken back and, you know, abused and murdered. But they still took her... Why... Dug her in a grave in the moor.
1: I mean, I know in the first one was the only instance where he's, like, he's signalling. so like, oh, this one. Mm. Why... Because she stopped because there was an eight-year-old who was a neighbour. Yes. So why is it now all of a sudden becoming a ten-year-old at a fairground? Why is that okay? And why... And now why are they back home? I mean, I know she's only ten... <laughs> But you, you took a 12-year-old out there, so what's the difference between... I mean, I know I'm like, oh, just, my brain's just gone to meltdown mode.
0: I know, I know. They're so horrific, but I think it's so important to tell the victim stories, no matter their age or what they enjoyed, because it's like, you know, it's Hind- just disgusting. Hindley
1: can't deny involvement in this one. She's They're at the no, house.
0: It doesn't actually go on about that. I think they do, they do talk about Leslie and Downey later on as well, so <sighs> there might be more information, but... A ten-year-old girl, man. Like that's just the only fracture. plus side
1: of this podcast so far is that we're at four, and you said there was five murders earlier, so I'm guessing there's one more gruesome account to go. Yes. Is is ten the youngest? Is ten the youngest? Yes. Okay. Okay. Right. It's not making things better, but at least
0: no. But you know, yeah. I mean, someone being killed at any age is horrendous, but it's it hits different when it's a child. I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Hundred percent. So, what? Who's the unlucky fifth?
0: Um, this is a bit of a longer story because it goes on to their um, uh, capture, essentially. Oh, good.
1: So this is is this the one that leads on to it, is it? Yes. Oh, good, okay.
0: This is the one that leads on to their arrests and stuff. So the fifth murder is Edward Evans. So have they just quickly, as a little side note, yeah. what are the... Female, male, male, female, male. So they just just it's, its It's random. Yeah.
1: And they sexually assaulted out every single one of them. Yes. So it doesn't matter. So... The only theme we've got is that it's under the age of 18.
0: Yes, Okay. unfortunately, yeah. Okay, so the fifth murder was Edward Evans. On the evening of the 6th of October, 1965,
1: again, Hindley... six, about, oh, about a nine-month layoff off this time. Yeah, it was in December, okay. wasn't it?
0: Almost a year, yeah, Ooh. so... Um, on the evening of the 6th of October 1965, Hindley drove Brady to Manchester Central Railway Station, where she waited outside in the car whilst he selected a victim. I'm
1: I'm, I'm now going to take a stab in the dark and say this is definitely Hindley's accounting. Because, again, she places herself as the driver, while Brady yeah. is the selector.
0: I mean, later on, um, this all looks like it's coming from her point of this view. This does look
1: like it's her. Uh,
0: yeah. Later on, it does say that when they're in prison, um, she... Was trying to like you know contest her innocence and him. get out. Yeah. She wanted to be released. Once he was in prison, he did not want to be released. So she became a very prominent person in the press, and all the um, limelight, so to speak, was focused on her. And he was kind of like forgotten about because he just wanted to die in prison. He didn't give a shit. Oh, okay. She was like, "Release me. I'm better now." Blah blah blah. Um, so that's probably why it's all from her account because she spoke more to the she press. She spoke more to the
1: press. Okay. Yeah.
0: After a few minutes, Brady reappeared in the company of a 17 year old Edward Evans, an apprentice engineer who lived in Ardwick, to whom he introduced Hindley as his sister. Oh. Yeah. They drove to Brady and Hindley's they home. They don't even look
1: alike. Sorry. No, if you've got those know. photos still available on your computer or your phone, just look at them. If you look at those two and go, well, that's a happy sibling, oh, that's ridiculous. Oh.
0: To be fair, though. Another side note, there is an Instagram page that I was showing Jack earlier and it's siblings or dating. Very interesting. I'll give it a look and you basically have to guess if the couple are siblings or dating and it's very weird.
1: Not really on the topic of serial killers no, but a nice little segue there. It
0: just reminded me. It's brilliant. Um, okay, so they drove to Brady and Hindley's home at 16 Wardle Brook Avenue, Hattersley, oh, Cheshire. Oh, the way back home? Yeah. Where they relaxed over a bottle of wine. Oh, was it red?
1: White? Rosé.
0: I have a feeling these people would be a red kind of couple.
1: Just, just a slight inkling. Yeah. yeah the See, colour. I'm
0: a rosé. You're a red, aren't you? I'm a red. I yeah. can't. I just can't get on the wine. The white wine hype. Well, I, I
1: only drink red if you're. If I'm eating, usually with a meal, steak or usually some piece of red meat. Usually. I
0: just love a sweet rosé.
1: Usually, uh, any time of Usually, eat people's livers with fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> oh, you Hannibal fan out fans out there?
0: That. Was disgusting. Please never do that again. It's
1: good old silence of the lambs.
0: I've not seen it, but I will there take you know. your word.
1: There you go. That's some additional homework oh, for you after this podcast.
0: Jack, that gave me the chills. <laughs> I hated that. Don't ever do that. <laughs> um, at some point, Brady sent Hindley to fetch David Smith, who was the husband of Hindley's younger sister Maureen.
1: Okay, so now, so now we've got Brady sending Hindley away. To mm-hmm. fetch the husband of her brother-in-law. Her si- her brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So it would be like you sending me away to go, to see go get my sister's husband. Partner. Yeah. Okay, right. Um, the Hindley family had not approved of Maureen's marriage to David Smith, who had several criminal convictions already, including actual bodily harm and housebreaking. The first of which, wounding the, with intent, wounding with intent, occurred when he was just eleven. Okay. So basically, this guy... Bit of a... Bit of a run-in with the law, bit yeah. of a naughty boy again. Not
1: quite as bad as Brady, but... Well, we no, we not don't. at
0: all, but... Yeah. Um, throughout the previous year, Brady had been cultivating a friendship with David Uh-oh. Smith, who had become in awe of Brady. uh Something which uh, increasingly worried Hindley as she felt it compromised their safety.
1: Ah, so now Hindley's looking at him as a potential... gonna chest bone yeah, like yeah, if he gets If he knows too much...
0: Just, you know, remember, they've got this young 17-year-old at their house. Hindley's gone off to get David Braid Smith. is alone with
1: the 17-year-old again. Yeah. So again, Myra Hindley is aware when quite yeah. possibly the murder's about to take place.
0: Um, right, okay. Hindley returned with Smith and told him to wait outside for her signal, which was a flashing light. Got old flashing light. When the signal came, Smith knocked on the door and was met by by Brady, who asked if he had come for the miniature wine bottles and left him in the kitchen saying he was going to collect the wine. So... This is
1: the signal for,
0: by the way... Well, the brother-in-law has no idea what's going on. He's just, you know, Hindley's... So why have they brought the brother-in-law here then? Well, you're seeing. I oh. think I think it was kind of to see if he could get on board with them, you know, being oh. the third party. <laughs> what, trial
1: by fire sort of thing? Sort of yeah, like, yeah. let's see if you actually truly into this nasty shit.
0: Yeah, so Hindley like goes, oh, if you go inside and ask him for the miniature wine bottles and he's gone, all right, I'll go inside. Knocked on the door. Brady's been like, yeah, yeah, mate, just wait in the kitchen and David's just chilling there like, da di da
1: Do you think like, when he opened the door uh, and he asked, oh, I've come for the, have you come for the miniature wine bottles? And then he went, Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have, have, Brady. And he goes, oh, you should wait in the kitchen. And, like, winked at him like while holding a spade and the missing glove. (sighs) He's like, oh, this is it, boys. Number five.
0: God. Right. So this is where it gets interesting.
1: Oh, it's not already been interesting. Well, yeah,
0: well, you know what I mean with this particular... Nothing's happened to Edward Evans yet. At the end of the day, it's just singing.
1: Edward's still waiting for the bottle of wine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, David Smith, the brother-in-law, later told the police. Oh, okay. uh Uh-huh i waited about a minute or two then suddenly i heard a hell of a scream it sounded like a woman really high pitched then the screams carried on one after another really loud then i heard myra shout dave help him very loud when i ran in i just stood inside the living room and saw a young lad he was lying with his head and shoulders on the couch and his legs were on the floor he was facing upwards okay yep ian was standing over him facing him with his legs on either side of the young lad's legs the lad was still screaming. Ian had a hatchet in his hand. He was holding it above his head and he hit the lad on the left side of his head with the hatchet. I heard the blow. It was terrible hard. It was a terrible hard blow. It sounded horrible. Smith then watched Brady throttle Evans with, a, with the length of an electrical cord. Brady sprained his ankle in the struggle and Evans's body was too heavy for Smith to carry to the car on his own so they wrapped it in plastic sheeting and put it in the spare bedroom. So, the brother-in-law's walked in, seen Brady kill this person. He's like, what the fuck is going on, basically?
1: Yeah, it still helps. Uh,
0: Yeah, Brady... Yeah, well, that's... Yeah, Brady sprains his ankle cut, so it doesn't mean he he can't... So he can't physically move the body now. So it means David Smith has to do it. He doesn't take it to the car, he takes it to the spare room instead. But wraps in plastic. Yeah. Next section to do with the arrest. It's going to... It's linked to what just happened. I'm
1: I'm assuming Big Davey Boy Smith's going to come in clutch here and... And, and go to the police and say, there's a fucking sicko at number 16.
0: I just saw that David Smith was only 17 years old. Wait, what? David Smith. What, the, so the... The brother-in-law's only 17 as well, same age. I was, as he victim. was prime age. He could have been number six. Exactly. So the arrest, the events surrounding Edward's death were witnessed by Henry's brother-in-law, as we know, yeah. 17-year-old David Smith. He was convinced by his wife Maureen to report what he'd seen to the police. So he went home Hindley that was, night. Hidley was right. She was right. He was going to be a snitch. Yeah. She was. Yeah, she, yeah, uh, yeah. So she went. I mean, he, I'm not mad at him being I mean, a snitch. No, I'm not
1: mad at her. I'm not mad at Dave. He's coming. He's. He's. Well, he I has mean, moved yeah. a dead body, but he's not quite as far into it as the other two.
0: It kind of goes to think like, what would you do in that situation? You know, if you, um, if I if I kill someone, you walk in i mean i'm not gonna lie i'd go straight to the police if i'm being honest but some people would panic they would be like shit let's get rid of this and then figure out what to do yeah i mean and ma- that's probably his situation uh, like maybe
1: yeah well i mean he had no idea where it was at the house did he do you no, think he I... went home and maureen was like oh so did you get the wine and he just like sat down and just stared at yeah at the
0: probably you know and maureen it's... was
1: like dave dave did you get the wine we're having casserole yeah. tonight and dave just still staring thinking about the Tesco value for life bag that he's just wrapped this poor 70-year-old boy in.
0: Yeah, and thrown in the spare room. For
1: anyone who doesn't live in England, Tesco is a supermarket here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can't tell by accents, we are UK-based. <laughs> yes, we are. This is. Um, okay, so he was convinced by his wife, Maureen, to report what he had seen to the police. This led to Brady's arrest, and eventually the arrest of Hindley, after John Kilbride's name was found scribbled in a notebook at the couple's home, along with photographs of the minor. Ah,
1: there's the old box brownie.
0: Yeah so initially Brady was arrested because obviously David Smith didn't see Hindley do anything no. he just said oh go and get the wine but
1: but no but but he she, she it's a female scream and then the words dave help him
0: True, but it, to be fair, seventeen-year-old boy screaming could sound like a female. Yeah, but
1: why was she? Why would the? Why would Edward Evans go?
0: Dave, help him! Like, no, wh- no, no. I mean, I think the scream might be of the seventeen, and then Hindley, oh, what, going on the sofa? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Like,
1: but but she still. Uh, you says... You can
0: scream like a, a girl inadvertently. but she still when, says
1: Dave, help him. True, like,
0: but it don't, you don't know if that means. Help, I mean, really they both like, get arrested,
1: so it's both. It's a solid win for the police on this one.
0: Yeah, it just it you know Hindley's arrested a lot later. Um, police also in a suitcase at the railway station containing the pornographic photos of Leslie Ann oh. and a 13 minute tape of the young girl screaming oh and begging God. for her life uh, Leslie Ann's body was found first through analysis of the photos of the moor
1: okay so we've got we've got Leslie Ann's body mm-hmm. I'm assuming we've got unfortunately we've got, well, we've got Edward's body accounted for I'm assuming because yeah, it's still in the bedroom I, I would assume that still yeah. propped up having, an, having a nightcap mm-hmm. um we still don't know John Kilbride's body, and we still don't know... Keith Bennett. Keith Bennett. And we don't know Pauline And Ridge. we don't know Pauline Reed. So we still still three bodies missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I know this now. They never find the bodies, do they?
0: I'll carry on. I don't
1: think he gives them up. I think that's the thing. Okay,
0: we'll carry on. Um, we're going to go on to the trial. Um, I,
1: this This trial... I mean, for people who are interested in this part of the this, the crime sequence, I think it's going to be quite open-closed. I don't think there's much defence on this one, but go on. Let me know. Did they get away with it?
0: <laughs> we'll see. I'll just read through it and, you know, obviously we'll just go from there. Um, at their trial in 1966, Brady was found guilty of the murders of Leslie, Anne, John and Edward. Hindley was found guilty of the murders of Leslie, Anne and Edward.
1: So they have no idea about Pauline and Keith at this point, do they?
0: not currently oh and that's where the 85 in confession comes in isn't it so the next section as Jack said is confession in oh. 1985 Brady and Hindley confessed to the murders of Keith and Pauline Hindley made two visits to help police find the bodies in 1985 and 1987 police continued to search and in 1987 in July Pauline's body was found just a hundred yards from where Leslie Ann had been discovered in the 1960s oh, hundred yards Keith Bennett's body has never been found much to the heartbreak of his mother who and died that, in 2012 and that's the one i know cuz they would yeah.
1: Brady would never tell him they I would think never that's, tell cuz cuz why... that isn't that the one that uh, Hindley supposedly didn't know cuz she was in the van
0: well all of them apparently she didn't no cuz the
1: first one Pauline she does say that Brady showed her where he did it cuz she physically Keith goes Bennett's to sit it's the it. third one but yeah. that, that this is the one that um mm-hmm. she she yeah, stayed yeah. at the van isn't it yeah so she's sort of saying well I can help you with this one but I have no idea where Keith is yeah. and Brady's not giving it up
0: I think this is why my mum said that's the name that's stuck in her head because
1: that's the one that's,
0: that has never been found yeah because
1: the mum's still yeah it's the one that's never been found
0: like even to this day that poor boy's body still and his mum died without knowing where her son's body was it's still
1: somewhere in the Moors
0: okay so now we go on to um,
1: so they're both in jail now yeah we go okay. on to their
0: prison life and then you know eventually their death and stuff oh so. shame Yeah, so Myra Hindley first.
1: Okay, uh, the unwilling driver.
0: Yeah. Hindley lodged an unsuccessful appeal against her conviction immediately after the trial. Shock. Brady and Hindley corresponded by letter until 1971 when she ended their relationship.
1: So, okay, what's the reason behind that sporadic end then?
0: There is something that goes on to why he can't I'm assuming they're not in it. the same prison then? No, 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 no. They oh, so you separated. think, do you think the,
1: the thing he's not around or all the time, the influence wears off? Potentially, yeah, the infatuation okay. with him. Wow. Five years it took her to go, you know what, I'm not in this anymore. Yeah, yeah.
0: The two remained in sporadic contact for several months, but Hindley had fallen in love with one of her prison wardens, Patricia Cairns. A former assistant governor claimed that such relationships were not unusual in Holloway at that time as many of the officers were gay and involved in relationships either with one another or with inmates
1: hang on a second so Mira Hindley's gone I'm not feeling you Brady anymore I'm really sorry but five years in this place no no it's over Mm. Patricia now that that is something I can get on board with yeah I can get a piece of that so apparently according to who said that all the guards were mostly gay um, the former
0: assistant governor,
1: whose name shall remain anonymous. Yeah, it doesn't state. And is Holloway the prison? Then I'm assuming. Yes. Oh, okay. Is that? Ooh, where, where do you know where Holloway is? Is that based in Manchester?
0: Um, it
1: it. Oh, it's in London. Oh. Oh, so they shipped him down to London.
0: Right. Well, I'm quite. I didn't I did know. I did not.
1: I didn't know really. that. Oh, that's Oh, no, where, oh that's where Ashworth. Myra was. Oh, was he in Ashworth? Which oh, is Liverpool. Which is northern. So, oh, so it really was two separate places yeah, then. Yeah, oh, they were writing right.
0: by letter.
1: Take, take us back then, take us back to this scenario then.
0: Hindley successfully petitioned to have her status as a Category A prisoner changed to Category B. Question. Yes.
1: I'm interrupting a lot. What's the difference between Category A and Category B, apart from a letter?
0: I assume they have more... It's like, uh, it's like Category it A, like,
1: she's a... a lockdown,
0: a can't leave their and category and category like... You can go and walk around the yard.
1: Oh, okay. So to put it in comp- in comparison for the year of 2020, Category A is March lockdown, nothing's open. Mm-hmm. And category B is, we'll open some shops, but you ain't going to no pubs and no restaurants.
0: Exactly, yeah, cool. that's probably the perfect comparison. That is
1: why I'm here, people, for the metaphors.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So Hindley successfully petitioned to have her status as a Category A prisoner changed to Category B, which enabled Governor Dorothy Wing to take her on a walk round Hempstead Heath, part of her unofficial policy reintroducing her charges to the outside world when she felt they were ready.
1: So the governor's now taking Myra on a bit of a walk... Outside the prison. ...to get used to life in case they do leave. Yep. What? I'm just baffled by the governor's choice of inmate to do this with.
0: yes. Uh, the excursion caused a uproar in the national press. That's a shock, isn't it? Yeah. An Erdwing, an official rebuke from the then Home Secretary, Robert Carr. Yeah. With help from Carnes, who is the um, the love interest, Patricia. Oh, Patricia Carnes. Yeah, the, the warden that um, Hindley was in love with. Yeah. Um, so with help from Carnes and the outside contacts of another prisoner, Maxine Croft, <laughs> Hindley planned a prison escape. <laughs> but it was thwarted when impressions of the prison keys were intercepted by an off-duty policeman. Carnes was sentenced to six years in jail for her part in the plot.
1: Wow, well, that went well. For all parties, I feel. You know, Patricia got what she wanted. She's now really close to Hindley.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah literally. I don't know if it would be the same jail, but you never know. But um... I mean...
1: So I just love the idea. We're gonna we're gonna break out, we're gonna do this. So um what you do is we'll just we'll get some impressions of these keys, you know to open the locks. Um that guy over there that looks like an off duty cop, let's get him involved. Yeah. Excuse me, mate, do you know any good locksmiths?
0: <laughs> um characterized by the- uh, by the press as the most evil woman in Britain. That's
1: that's that's the phrase I know about yeah, her. It's cause yeah, that yeah. that's the source. Yeah, again, if you still got the tab open, that's the phrase I know with that photo.
0: To be fair, the I think that's one of the only photos available online of her, and it's the one of her just looking just straight dead, on, deadpan into the camera. Yeah, so you'll. If you Google Myra Hindley, that's the photo that will appear. Characterised by the press as the most evil woman in Britain, Hindley made several appeals against her life sentence, claiming she was a reformed woman and no longer a danger to society. But she was never released. No,
1: yeah, it was Brady. Brady did everything. Yeah, just, I just ignore, sat in the
0: car, like. ignore the car. Ignore
1: the ten-year-old that I might have been in the house with when maybe that tape was being recorded. Yeah, I'm re- changed, oh God, Patricia. Yeah. That was a mistake. She, she was the one trying to escape. I, I was, I wanted to
0: stay in prison. Oh, I just don't understand how you can change from being such a horrific person. As a quick uh, side note, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm interested to get your take on this. Do you think um, serial murderers, serial killers is a subject of uh, nature or nurture? Have you ever thought about it? um,
1: Well, if if you're looking specifically in this one with Ian Brady, he's the one sort of right off the bat he's been thinking about it and he's obviously got these, like he's been telling about Nazi uh, atrocity readings and then sort of, um, I don't know if he, oh, I can't think of the word. Um, sort of takes over Myra's mind. I, I, this one sort of leans more towards nature mm-hmm. because there's no indicator. Well, you haven't, I haven't heard of any indication that his parents were like, Oh, Nazis, good guys. Um, and this one would seem more nature, but I'm sure this are out that they've had a horrible upbringing that then influences what they do later on. So this one I would lean more towards nature, but I, there's so many cases yeah. that will say otherwise.
0: Um, from my view from studying criminology and having such an interest in it in general, I, I, it sounds like a cop-out answer, but I believe it's a mixture of both. Um, no, I yeah, think, I, I would you know, I would lean towards that, especially definitely. You know. Ian is nature and Myra is nurture. But she has to have a bit in her nature to be able to do this because I don't think, obviously, in my nature, I'm not there to murder anyone and I don't think anyone could no, nurture I, me I would it. argue that
1: the nurture he, Brady did on Myra is what brings her over. And yeah. then the time away, those five years in prison, is what possibly brings her out. Mm-hmm. I mean, she yeah. still tries to escape, so she's, she's still an, an evil woman, but I reckon it's the constant. Influence of Brady thats the nurture side of things for her, and he's the nature.
0: Yeah, she's stupidly moronic to think that she is like, "Oh, I'm better now, guys, let me out."
1: Yeah, what? Well, I mean, I was—I'm assuming the several attempts are after the prison escape attempts.
0: Oh, well, she never really—well, I suppose she did attempt it, but she never got to execute her attempt. No, no. I mean, she—they she, tried. They imprinted the keys. I mean, she didn't
1: <laughs> Shawshank it.
0: She didn't no, get that far. She didn't get in that tube.
1: We've had the start. We've had the murders. They're in prison. I know they don't get out. Let's go. I'm sensing there is a death of one of these two coming. Okay. And it's going to be a joyous occasion.
0: Hindley was told that she should spend 25 years in prison before being released for parole. Downey's mother was at the centre of the campaign to ensure Hindley was never released from prison.
1: Amen. This is the 10-year-old's mother, isn't it? Yes, 10-year-old.
0: Yeah, they're they're not leaving. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Downey's mother was at the centre of the campaign to ensure that Hindley was never released from prison, and until her death in February 1999, she was regularly given television and newspaper interviews whenever Hindley's release was rumoured. This
1: is Downey's mum, is it? Yeah. Oh, OK.
0: During the 1990s, Hindley claimed that she took part in the killings only because Brady had drugged her.
1: Which he has previous. Yeah. We well, have that letter. Well, yeah. we don't, because it was destroyed, but...
0: Until this moment, she said she had no part in the killings really she was just at the van so
1: she's finally admitting oh no oh yeah so now she's actually saying she did take part mm-hmm. in the killings
0: she said he was blackmailing her with pornographic pictures he had taken of her and had threatened to kill her younger sister Maureen I don't believe that he I think have, she was involved he wouldn't have
1: killed Maureen especially if Dave's meant to be at all with him I don't know I, I, I don't nah, know nah, nah. he
0: was willing to kill all those kids I
1: so. mean yeah but I mean as we saw from the start she's not willing to kill anyone who's close to her with the 8 year old neighbour Close yeah. to their lives. So I know. I don't, I don't believe that for a second, Myra. Uh,.
0: Myra Hindley wrote a 30,000 word plea for parole.
1: Dissertation Myra (laughs) kicking in there. Three
0: masters. What did she she get? Two, one? She wrote that in 1978 and 1979. Hindley said within this plea, Within months, Brady had convinced me that there was no God at all. He could have told me that the earth was flat, the moon was made of green cheese, and the sun rose in the west. I would have believed him. Such was his power of persuasion. At least she believes
1: the earth is round that's uh, a solid true. that's I mean if there's one tiny positive to take from this she's not a flat earther
0: <laughs> so basically in this she's saying that he could have persuaded at anything she was looking at him through rose tinted glasses essentially is this the
1: drugs or is this the like infatuation, infatuation? Say, yeah. okay
0: um, well it might be a mixture of both it depends if she's telling the truth about the drugs but to be fair I could see him drumming her but I do think that she did it on her own fruition okay um in 2008, Hindu solicitor Andrew McCuey <laughs> reported that she told him, I ought to have been hanged. I deserve it. My crime was worse than Brady's because I enticed the children and they would have never entered the car without my role. I have always regarded myself as worse than Brady.
1: Oh, cry me a river, love. Literally. Literally. Oh, the I'm the worst one because they had to carry my shopping and had to find Brady's lost glove. I'll give it to Literally. rest. I hope she dies soon
0: when in 2002 another life sentence prisoner challenged the home secretary's power to set minimum terms hindley and hundreds of others whose tariffs had been increased by politicians looked likely to be released oh hindley's release seemed imminent and plans were made by supporters for her to be given a new identity
1: what hindley's support how
0: supports hindley
1: like well hindley's got supporters yeah
0: it's just people outside like yeah release this bitch
1: Woo. oh go good
0: Home Secretary
1: David Blunkett. David
0: Blunkett. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know this guy. I said
0: Blunkett because you said Blunkett. I said it in a Northern accent. <laughs> Blonket. David Blunkett ordered Greater Manchester Police to find new charges against her. <laughs>
1: anything, lads, just anything. Yeah,
0: to prevent her release from prison. I don't
1: care. Did she nick a pack of sweets? Was it fruit pastels? Literally. I don't care what it is. I want her done on it.
0: So she's literally, obviously, she's done her. She's I don't want to say her time because she's done her is, time. I think this is. But she's, do- she's nearing the end of her. This is 25 years. Yeah, so yeah, she's yeah. nearing the sentences, and he's like, "Right, there's pin more on her. She doesn't deserve to be free." Yeah,
1: and she's done thirty thousand words, so she's like, <laughs> she's, "She's perfected the art of writing." She's
0: got to graduate out of it, yeah. out of um out of ho- Holloway. Yeah, yeah. Um, the investigation to find new charges against her uh, was headed by Superintendent Tony Brett. And initially looked at charging Hindley with the murders of Reed and Bennett. The obvious. But the advice given by government lawyers was that because of the DPP's decision taken 15 years earlier, a new trial would probably be considered an abuse of process. What's
1: DPP's? Director of Public Prosecutions. Oh, so the guy who's literally in charge of directing all public prosecutions said, Mm -hmm. probably not best to do this one. Mm -hmm. Um... Abuse of... Pro- oh, because it's been over 15 years. Is that why? Is that the argument they're going with here? Because it would be abuse like, we need to keep her in at all costs. These are two murders. Let's just pin them on her. Yes. So, okay. That's what I'm
0: thinking anyway. Okay. Because she must be getting older, so...
1: Well, she was... what well, she 60 was. She was 21 time. in 63. She's and 60 now it's in, the, in
0: 2002. Oh, well, she's not... I, so, mean, I mean, she's not that know.
1: old, but... No, no,
0: not at all, but... She's older than she was. So oh, maybe yeah, yeah. they're thinking, if we pin her for another 20 years, she's, hopefully she'll bloom and die.
1: Yeah, if we get her for another 25, yeah. she's done and dusted.
0: So now we go on to her death.
1: Yay!
0: On November 25th, 2002, the law lords agreed that judges, not politicians, should decide how long a criminal spends behind bars Amen. and strip the Home Secretary of the power to set minimum sentences.
1: Fantastic.
0: Just prior to this, however, on 15th of November 2002, so 10 days earlier, yep. Hindley, aged 60, died from bronchial pneumonia at West Suffolk Hospital. That's
1: an absolute shame.
0: She was a 40 year day smoker who, in 1999, had been diagnosed with angina and hospitalised after suffering a brain aneurysm. Camera crews stood rank and file behind steel barriers outside but none of Hindley's relatives were among the small congregation of eight to ten people who attended a short service at Cambridge Crematorium. Such was the strength of feeling more than 35 years after the murders that a reported 20 local undertakers refused to handle her cremation. Good. Four months later, her ashes were scattered by her ex-partner, Patricia. Oh,
1: Patricia's, Patricia's still Barnes, around. She's yeah, still around.
0: Less than 10 miles, which is 16 kilometres, from Saddleworth Moor in Sallybridge Country Park. Fears were expressed that the news might result in visitors choosing to avoid the park or even that the park might be
1: vandalized. <laughs> That's fantastic. The guy who runs this park is like, oh, for fuck's sake, Patricia. You fuck. Yeah. Uh, please still come. We're not associated whatsoever. We've vacuumed them. They're not here. I promise you. Please come. We've got lovely flowers. The cafe's open all year round. Just don't talk about the woman burning the ashes. Please come to my park. I beg you, please.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Is so that, that that's, it? Is that's, that's Myra. That's Myra. That's Myra Donald Well, dusted.
1: memory serves. We've got one last person left.
0: We do. So this is Ian Brady, obviously. The, the we're, quiet one. Uh, so we'll go on to his prison life first. So Ian Brady remained in Ashworth Hospital after being declared mentally insane. Yeah, that makes sense. Much later, in 2013, Brady also confessed to the murders of three wim- men and a woman. So that's five what? additional to what we already know. That's four. That's four additional <laughs> to what we already knew. So we know the five children, and he's suddenly confessing to four others. So
1: just what? Twenty thirteen. So that's fifty years after the original murder. He just goes, "Oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, you've missed four. Yeah. Nah, that's nah. I don't. I, I don't believe him.
0: I'm not entirely. I, this sure is, I, mean, I know
1: serial killers have a thing of embellishing what they do. Yeah. I. That's a, a, That's the embellishment of a madman who's just like, "Lol, you didn't catch all of them." No. Either
0: that or he's just like, well, oh, might as well just converse because I'm dying to die
1: soon anyway. Nah, no, uh, nah, nah, bollocks. This is what we would call in the uh, bantering business, utter bollocks. <laughs> nah. No.
0: Um, while at Ashworth, in 2001, Brady wrote The Gates of Janus, which was published by Feral House, an underground US publisher. Right. The book uh, included Brady's analysis of serial murder and specific serial killers and sparked outrage when announced in Britain. What?
1: So hang on. So, so now we've got a criminally insane man mm-hmm. writing a book that was published by a US publisher
0: mm-hmm.
1: about the analysis of serial murders and specific serial killers.
0: Yeah, maybe you can find a few excerpts to I'm going to take
1: a wild stab in the dark on this one, Beth. Mm. The British public didn't react too well to that, did they?
0: No, it said there was outrage. Yep, shock.
1: Yeah, yeah that'll yeah. do.
0: Um, it has been said that Brady regretted Hindley's imprisonment and the consequences of their actions but not necessarily the crimes themselves. (laughs) He saw no point in making any kind of public apology. Instead, he expressed remorse through actions. He once offered to donate one of his kidneys to someone, anyone who needed one, but was blocked from doing so. So
1: I'm not going to apologise for the actions that I did back then. However, I've got a good kidney.
0: He's trying to like pay back through good deeds from his bad deeds. Yeah,
1: that's not going to work. Sorry. I mean, yeah. you, the best thing you could do, Ian, is tell us where Keith is, which you clearly never do. So... Yeah.
0: The mother of the remaining undiscovered victim... There are. Keith Bennett received a letter from Brady.
1: Oh, piss off. I'd I i I'd be fucking livid if I got a... If someone... If a serial killer who killed my child had sent me a letter, I'd be like, who the fuck gave him my address? Yeah,
0: yeah, I know. Like,
1: I know I'm swearing a lot now, but I'm generally agitated by that notion. Like this letter better contain the address of where the kid's buried because if it doesn't it's a pointless letter
0: so she received a letter from Brady at the end of 2005 in which she said he claimed that he could take police to within 20 yards of her son's body but the authorities would not allow it bollocks. this is according to him bollocks. I don't think that's true that's Brady did not refer directly to Keith by name and did not claim he could take investigators directly to the grave, but spoke of the clarity of his record.
1: When did when did the poor lady die, the mother of Keith? Do we you know when she died?
0: 2012.
1: 2012. So, yeah, you're telling me in 2005 some guy tells me I can take it within 20 yards where my son's body is, but the mm. police won't let me.
0: That's not true. Because no. they'd, they'd be like, right whereabouts, and he will be like, meh, nah, around this area. They'd dig up the whole bloody area. 20
1: yards to find it's one body. That-
0: I mean you, if, it, if you yeah. get
1: the entire Manchester Metropolitan Police on that that's a day's work. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In 2012 Brady applied to be uh, returned to prison, reiterating cuz obviously he's at the mental hospital at the moment. Right. Uh, reiterating his desire to starve himself to death. Point. Let him. At a mental health tribunal in June the following year, Brady claimed that he had suffered, suffered not from paranoid schizophrenia as his doctors at Ashworth maintained, but a personality disorder. His application was rejected and the judge stated that Brady continues to suffer from a mental disorder, which is of a nature and degree which makes it appropriate for him to continue to receive medical treatment.
1: So basically the judge went, nah man, you are mad, you're staying alright there.
0: Exactly. So now we go on to his death. Good. After receiving end of life care, Brady died of restrictive pulmonary disease at Ashworth Hospital. He died of a disease. Yeah, on 15th of May 2017, the inquest found that he died of natural causes and that his hunger strike had not been a contributory factor. He was cremated without a ceremony and his ashes disposed of at sea during the night.
1: Yeah, so there's no monument for anyone sickos to worship, essentially. Exactly, yeah. Good. Good, good, good. good.
0: The photographs and tape recording of the torture of Downey exhibited in court and the nonchalant responses of Brady and Hindley helped to ensure their lasting notoriety. Brady, who said that he did not want to be released, was rarely mentioned in the news, but Hindley's insistent desire to be released made her a figure of public hate especially as she failed to confess the involvement in the Reed and Bennett murders for 20 years. Hindley's role in the crimes also challenged gender norms. Her portrayal of maternal stereotypes fed public perceptions of her inherent evil and made her a poster girl for moral panics about serial murder and paedophilia in subsequent decades. Mm. Her often reprinted photograph taken shortly after she was arrested is described by some commentators as similar to the mythical Medusa and according to author Helen Birch, she became uh, synonymous with the idea of feminine evil. Mm-hmm. So that's obviously the photograph. That's we had.
1: that's the photograph. That's the most evil woman in the in the, in Britain. Photo. Yeah, well, she does. I can see where. She, I mean, as a history student, I can see where she's similar to Medusa. Just a deadpan stare. Yeah, it, like bl- you know. Cold, absolute, light. like just dead evil behind mm-hmm. the eyes. Yeah.
0: Given Hindley's status as co-defendant in the first serial murder trial held since the abolition of the death penalty retribution was a common theme among those who sought to keep her locked away. Um, oh,
1: so they couldn't kill her, so they're like, yeah. you're going to die in here. Yeah. So it's it's not a death penalty, but it's a death penalty. Yeah, Okay. okay.
0: essentially. Just not forced before your time. Yeah, you're going to
1: die thing. very slow, very long yeah. in prison.
0: Um... Even Hindley's mother insisted that she should die in prison, partly for fear for Hindley's safety. Some commentators expressed the view that, of the two, Hindley was the more evil.
1: Well, you can sort of see where they're coming from. Because she lured the children in. She was the lure. She was she, she was the lure, but you can also... She's the one that's venomously trying to get out. Mm. She's like, no, I need to get out, I'm, I'm perfectly fine. Whereas Ian, 100% not to his credit, is just like, I'm just going to stay here, guys. I think only to his end does he start to go like, Well I could leave this hospital, I could go to prison. Yeah. But never does he go, I want out. I'm I'm he kind out. of. A, a he he knows that this is where he belongs. Yeah in a, he, in a way in a weird whacked up sense. He kind of whereas, just kind
0: of thinks, you know, yeah, I deserve this, I'm whereas, just gonna die here. Whereas
1: Hind is like, Nah fam, nah, I'm good. Patricia, ah new love, Well, uh, new life, turn yeah, leave. Yeah, literally. Let me out, I'm free,
0: yeah. like I'm I'm innocent. What, these keys? No, just fake. Exactly lord longford a catholic convert campaigned to secure the release of celebrated criminals well, I hate this guy already. and hindley in particular which earned him constant derision from the public and the press Good. he described hindley as a delightful person oh. and said you could loathe what people did but should not loathe what they were because human personality was sacred even though human behavior was very often appalling Tabloid newspapers branded him a loony and a do-gooder do gooder for supporting Hindley, do. whom they described as evil. Of course she was. She, yeah, 100%. She became a long running source of material for the press, which printed embellished tales of her cushy life at the five star <laughs> Cliftonwood prison and her liaisons with prison staff and other inmates. Now, they've often
1: said that though, haven't they? Like the celebrity criminals get preferential treatment in prison mm-hmm. because of their notoriety. Yeah. And that's, that's nothing new. Uh, it's is slow tabloid day. Oh, what's Myra done?
0: According to a 2020 TV documentary Thanks. named Rose West and Myra Hindley Their Untold Story with Trevor MacDonald, Myra and the other British serial murderer Rosemary West grew close in jail, bonding over their similar crimes. They then had an affair which called, as they became rivals, to be prison royalty. <laughs>
1: So the two most possibly hated women in the entire Britain decided to have an affair, hook mm-hmm. up, and then was like, "Oh, mm, it's actually a bit of a, a bit of competition." So
0: she was the queen bee, the queen bee of Holloway yeah. Prison. Mad didn't even realise they were in prison at the same time. Didn't even realise that they were in the same prison. Well, I'm sure because I, even I know
1: Fred and Rose West. I am hundred percent sure you'll be covering that one in a podcast shortly. I'm sure. You yeah, be. definitely. That's on my probably list. probably yeah. had that one lined up somewhere in the future.
0: What are your thoughts? I think
1: I think what benefits him. Between him and Myra is how venomous Myra was yeah. in trying to get out. Her attempts at getting out, her affairs, numerous, whether it was with Rose West or with Patricia, the the the, the ex-guard, and how vilified she. Because if you if you, any time you read about Ian and, and Myra, as I'm going to do now after this podcast. Mm. Ian, yeah, he gets a bad rap because obviously the serial killer. But Myra is the most evil woman in Britain. Yes. Like Ian Brady is not the most evil man. I'm pretty sure. I mean, we got you got older ones like Jack the Ripper. I mean, I it's know. It's arguable, I, I but know I
0: do agree with you. There are some more horrible. I mean, I know of the the players.
1: Yorkshire Ripper, Peter Sutcliffe. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he may make an appearance on here soon. I think that the press certainly aided. Ian being pushed to one side and Myrus suddenly being this infamous figure, and obviously that photo
0: alone—it's—it's
1: Yeah, it's cap it's, it's made her the most evil woman in Britain. And I think I know you mentioned there briefly as well about the maternal instincts. I mean, she was probably the first real publicly publicized, publicly hated woman to yeah. be analyzed as a serial killer. And it's just a shame that the Keith was never found. It's a real shame, I and mean, I feel I feel. I know, I know she's no longer with us, but the pain the mother must have gone through must have been yeah, unimaginable.
0: It is disgusting. These are two very, very evil people.
1: Of the podcast series so far, who is the worst serial killer you've covered so far? So between Ian Brady mm. and Myra Hindley and the Zodiac... You say that
0: Ian Bradley and Myra Hindley are the worst.
1: I would agree with you based on what they did. Hundred percent, they are okay. they are worse than the Zodiac in terms of the way the killings was done and okay. what was actually done.
0: Okay, so on the ranking, the Killer Conversations podcast ranking. Yeah, we will rank the the severity of each serial killer, I suppose.
1: Infamous, I would say.
0: Yeah. Um. So basically, at the moment, the number one more dangerous or worse serial killer would be. Uh, the combination of Ian Brady and Myra Hindley that was a, a followed really by zodiac killer
1: you did a pun then and you never realized it what did I do the ma
0: oh, missed it
1: missed the pun opportunity there. the king of
0: puns over here
1: well that's why she gets me on for the comedy humor and serial killer rankings
0: exactly okay wonderful thanks Jack for joining it's been really good to kind of get into the grips and talk about uh, the case and stuff so yeah basically if you guys do want to submit any questions because we usually do do a, a question section at the end but we won't with this one because it's gone on quite uh, quite a while mm. we've got quite in depth um if anyone wants to submit questions follow us support us um we've got a few social media links um so first of all it's on twitter it's just our handle is killer underscore podcast and you can find us on there where we'll be posting polls pictures of um and case studies of everyone that we're going to go through and additional ones as well
1: i'm sure if you hadn't seen the mira hindley photo yet i'm pretty sure that'll it's be on, on there Twitter. twice yeah. yes
0: yeah 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 um, we've also got instagram um which obviously is instagram.com forward slash killer conversations podcast and then also quite excitingly we've set up a patreon um Ooh. which is a platform that Give you guys the opportunity, you the listeners, to kind of support small creators like us to continue doing what we're doing put our content out there. It's from as little as £3 a month and that will give you extra episodes, bonus content, behind the scene vlogs and then obviously the top tier, there is some merch that you can purchase through Patreon. We eventually will look at getting our own shop and stuff but at the moment, obviously, because we're such a small creator, that's the way to do it at the moment. But yeah, so just to recap, twitter.com forward slash killerc underscore podcast, instagram.com forward slash Killer Conversations podcast and patreon.com forward slash killer conversations podcast you can find us on all of those and we would love to hear from you of your thoughts from this podcast five star review it share it let us know what you think and we will see you next time bye bye